0: there and welcome to the Evergreenish podcast where caffeine meets strategy and leggings are the new power suits. I'm Shelby Fowler Moss, your guide through the jungle of advertising, evergreen sales, and strategic marketing. I'm a girl mom, wife, Enneagram 5, and I'm here to debunk the myth that you need to hustle your way to the top. If you dream about four-hour workdays, you are in the right spot. All right, so... I want to talk to you today about simplifying your sales in 2024. I have a whole series kind of planned out and I started to make a bunch of notes about just simplifying your sales and your marketing and going forward, right? It's this time of year and I'm recording this in December. So it's this time of year for many of us where we are wrapping up the fiscal year and figuring out like, okay, where are we sitting revenue wise? What's worked? What hasn't? And if you're like me, um, I like to sit down and really kind of deep dive. What has worked? If we launched things like what were what worked, what didn't? Um, where were my kind of slower months in business? Where were really successful months? And this time of year, I don't know why, but this time of year it tends to always be really successful for my business. And if we look back the last couple of years, that would be true. Um, and so – I look back at all of this, right? And for for me going into 2024, I'm just kind of sharing my own personal process, but I'm hoping that this gives you some golden nuggets to walk away with today. And that is that I'm planning my year, right? This upcoming year. And I want to figure out how I can, you know, make more money. I can do better. And I think a lot of times what people do is you kind of just show up to the game. You show up to the year, the game, and you show up on the field and there's no freaking plan of action. You don't know where you're supposed to run. You don't know where you're supposed to stand. You don't really know what your position is. And so you're winging it and winging it isn't a strategy. And if you want to continuously get better at something, you have to go back and watch the tape, right? Like if you played sports growing up, you have to go watch tape. You have to go watch the games and see where you went wrong. And this is that time of year where I like to sit down and do that, just that. Like, I want to figure out where I'm falling short and not to beat myself up about it because I'm past that. Like, I don't do that anymore. I, I want to do it so I can figure out where are my biggest gaps and I can work on those things. That's only going to make me a better player in the game of business, right? And also getting really clear about what are my values and what are my what's my vision for 2024 and for me personally it's really getting more ease and flow and passive income into my business i want to be paid every day i want to wake up to stripe and paypal notifications much like many of you and so i again this requires you to go back and look at what what has worked and what hasn't and then get really strategic about how you can leverage things Um, what has worked or rework them even so that you can make more money and and really work less, right? If that's your goal. And so one of the things, and this is the thing I want to talk about today is sales calls. So I have built my business on the backbone of sales calls and I actually like them. I love sales calls. I like meeting new people. I am a fan of them, right? And for my programs moving forward in 2024, I've decided that sales calls aren't necessary. They really aren't necessary. And I have proof to to substantiate this claim, okay? So again, as I'm going back, and I'm not just coming up with shit and being like, oh, this feels good. Like I have actual tangible proof that I don't need sales calls to make sales. And as I was looking back, At my best launches in the last like two years, my very best converting launch was December of 2022. And at the time, I actually had a full-time salesperson on my team. And usually in our launches, she was the go-to. She was having sales conversations every single day. She was reaching out to people. And this was her primary role, right? And she's getting on sales calls. But we were having some difficulty at the time and I was having to get on a lot of these sales calls too because people wanted to talk to me. And it, it was, you know, we were coming up on December and it was, you know, that time of year when we're all like, oh my gosh, it's so busy, we're family, kids are getting out of school. You know, the holiday season is a lot and especially if you have little kids because they're off during Thanksgiving and then they're off for winter break and you're like trying to, especially, I don't know, my kids are little, so it's a lot. And I wanted to spend time with them. And then we have all the activities, right? So I was like, okay, we're going to do one last big push, one last launch for the year. But I want it to be as easy as possible. And I said, you know, if we don't, if we make like one or two sales off of this, I'm good. I'm gravy. This is going to be fine. But um, if we make more, great. If not, whatever. But I want it to be easy. So we decided, I decided not to do sales calls. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to show up. in in a slightly different way than we normally do. And instead of pushing sales calls at the end of our launch, because usually we would do a couple days of live training in a Facebook group and then we pitch them the program, right? And I always interweave it so that they're not not like bait and switch. Like they know the program exists. But, um, you know, we offer them a sales call at the end. And that was the way to get into the program is you have to get on a sales call. Well, the feedback we would get also was that people were like, I really don't like sales calls. I don't want to get on a sales call. Okay, well, um, I decided I ain't got time for that. I don't want to do sales calls. So this was our best launch ever. I did a few things slightly different. So I want you to listen to me here. I created content. I really focused on creating more content that obliterated the sales objections before they could have them. So before we even began to pitch the program, I really focused on weaving in and sharing client success stories, case studies of people who had been in my program who had gotten success, um, having interviews with past clients on live and they could watch and they could see, you know, me asking them questions and them answering about their business. And then my content was very much around, you know, like, What are the objections that come up? And it wasn't money related because although money is an absolute objection, sometimes it just is what it is. You can't afford a program. For many people, it's more about value. Like if you're getting an objection all the time that like, I don't have the money, I don't have the money, I don't have the money. Either you're talking to the wrong people or they don't see the value. You're not communicating the value of what you do effectively. So they just don't see it. Because I promise you they'll go and spend the same money somewhere else. And so I was very clear about like, here's what you get in our program, right? I was very clear on the tangible things that you're going to walk away with, what is included. And then I made sure that I addressed all of the subconscious thoughts and patterns that were keeping them stuck, that were keeping them from investing in themselves, that were keeping them from um, you know, maybe pursuing that next level of their business or whatever. And I really focused on educating the crap out of them while they're with me in that launch. So every day going live and and giving them like a bite-sized training, right? Like one or two things that they could walk away with and put into practice so that they could get a win so that they trusted me, right? And then they, they knew that I was the authority in the industry, Oftentimes, and you're going to hear me say this a lot, but what a big, big, big mistake people make is they over give information. They over deliver. The, uh, they're the expert, right? So they, they just want to like verbally vomit everything they know onto you. And what happens then is you put the person on the receiving end in analysis paralysis. You are giving them so much information that they have a hard time taking action on it or even like processing it. So you can't do that. You're actually, that's not a good thing to do. So it's a whole other episode. But I want you to know that like I really focused on giving them bite-sized little trainings that they could put into action that day and start getting clients. And that's in fact what happened, happened like a lot of the time. People would be in my launches and they would – Take one action I told them to take, and then they would go be like, "Oh my gosh, I got a client!" And like, great, sign up, sign up, pay me money. Um, joking, but like also serious. So I also want to end with this. Like, I I also realized that recently I I was interested in a high ticket program to purchase, and I'd been in this funnel for a very long time, and the only way to buy it was to get on a sales call. And that felt already like really off-putting to me. And I'm somebody who could have, who could pay the program. Like I can afford the program, I can pay for it. But the only way to purchase or, or to see a sales page or anything was to get on a sales call. And that was off-putting. And then when I get on the sales call, it's a two-call close, which means that I'm on a call with a setter. And the setter is asking me a bunch of questions. It yeah, sounds like you would be good for our program. I'm going to go ahead and set you up with our salesperson. Who who is so-and-so's right-hand man and you should talk to them because they're going to be able to answer a lot more questions about the program and how how much success you can see and whatever, okay? I was freaking pissed. I had to wait another day to get on a sale- a second sales call. And I'm like, yo, if I had a link, I would have already paid by now. Now you're making me go through like jump through hoops just to give you money and this feels icky as heck. And I also know enough to be dangerous about sales because I've been through so much sales training and I'm really freaking good at it, I think. So, I mean, numbers would tell you I am, but I'm like, I know too much. Like, I know what you're doing here, right? And so it just felt so gimmicky and so gross to me that I'm like, I don't want to put people in that position, right? There's obviously instances where a sales call is necessary, But, um, gosh, like, I don't know. I just really, I, for my, for my business or my program specifically moving forward, like sales calls are just like, so that is how, and why I decided that sales calls no longer need to be mandatory in my business. And I want you to just think about that. It doesn't mean it has to be true for you, but where can you start to simplify your own sales process? Okay. And then getting really strategic about how you can create the urgency of that sales process in your content instead of having to get on calls with people because it also is very time-consuming to get on sales calls. If you're getting on two, three, four a week, you know, that could be a lot of time that you can, that can be spent in other areas of your business or in your life. So I want you to just ponder that. I want you to think about it. And if you enjoyed this episode, DM me on Instagram at life with Shelby. I would love to chat with you about your sales process and, and kind of brainstorm with you. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I will see you next time. Bye everyone.